Hey guys, welcome back. This is the Friends Like Us podcast, a podcast where we'll be deep diving into each episode of Friends. I'm Steven, and I'm here with Leah and Brayden. Today we will be discussing The One Where Underdog Gets Away, which is Season 1, Episode 9. And now Brayden's going to hook us up with an IMDb description. Alright. Great job, Steven. Welcome back, everybody. So the IMDb description is really elaborate for this episode. The gang's plans for Thanksgiving go awry after they get locked out of Monica and Rachel's apartment. It's just kind of like one plot line with a few subplots almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically a bottleneck episode is I think what they call it. It would almost be a bottleneck episode if freaking Ross wouldn't go over to his ex-wife's house to talk to the baby. It was this close. Joey was in the train station. That's true. For a minute. Everyone has a blip. As far as plot lines go, I would say it's like really one big one, and we might go off into Ross land a little bit mm-hmm. when he's with Susan and Carol. But at all, all the friends generally are mostly next to each other for most of it. I do like Joey too. Joey and his little. Everybody has a little bit of a solo in this one. Well, not really. It's really only Joey and Rachel and Ross. Because Monica and Chandler and Phoebe are all basically well, cooking. Well, everybody dinner, so. has their own plans. That's basically yeah. the subplot, right? Phoebe's going to her grandparents. No, Joey's... because her parent, her grandparents, Phoebe's don't celebrate the only one. December. Phoebe's the only oh, one. Oh, because he's lunar. Yes. yes. <laughs> all right, give me a pan. I'll Chandler... cross that question off my freaking list. Chandler's not going anywhere because he hates Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. And you his think parents. I'm kidding? Before the credit scene, roll in, everyone's in the coffee shop. No. Surprise. Rachel's in the coffee shop trying to get Terry to give her a raise. In a way, Rachel is everybody. What? (laughs) I'm not wrong. Hear me out. (laughs) Please continue. I don't think you're going to ask follow-up questions, okay? So, as I was saying, Rachel's in the coffee shop. Asking Terry for a raise, one of Terry's two premiere performances mm. in the episode. In the series. In the series. This well, one's my not, least favorite. It's not, it's not a raise, it's an advance. An advance, an advance yeah. yes. Which I think and this hundred is... dollar advance on her salary. hundred... There's I'm a lot say, of... Go, go. It must be nice to be able to only pay a hundred dollars to go to bail. Okay. <laughs> you just started... That's not what I was about to say, but... That was this is the only thing I looked up. I was like, she's just trying to get an extra hundred bucks to go to Vail. No. I looked up what it would be, and I picked Southwest because that's the cheapest thing I know. I'm sure there's cheaper airlines. Frontier. Frontier. But I was like, oh. okay, Southwest flight from LaGuardia to Denver, five hundred and fifty-one dollars and ninety-six cents today. Today. Yeah. But even accounting for accounting for inflation. That's not even going to hit half of that price. So either she's got stuff saved up, or that's... I don't know where they pulled that number out of to fly to friggin'... Yeah, she has to just need 100 more. Right. But I'm thinking her dad's a cardiothoracic surgeon. She's just going to pay for the lift pass at the <laughs> Daddy supply. said, Daddy's you come up her. with 100 yeah. and I'll pay for the rest of the ticket. Exactly. I don't know, because she said that her dad used to pay for her ticket, but now that she's doing her own thing, mm, he's not going to pay for it anymore. So I don't know where they came up with that, yeah, but it must have been nice back in the day if that's what that yeah. costed. There's no inflation. way. The only way this works is if she had already been saving up. I mean, Vale is overseas, right? 
Is Vail, no, Colorado? Vail is Colorado. It's Vail right Colorado. outside of yeah. Vail. But yeah. even flying to Colorado. God, she goes to Vail a lot. <laughs> so I made this trip last year. Brittany and I made this trip. Not to Vail, but to, to Breckenridge, which is right next did to Did you Vail. do it to do shoot, shoot? We did, we did shoot, shoot, but we snowboarded. Same thing. But <laughs> so we took. You. We took. <laughs> it's because you never want to go anywhere. We took Frontier. Which, for those of you listening, that's out of Huntsville, and they were doing like $80 flights. Frontier is directly. out of Huntsville? Yes. Oh, well, they, they operate, out. well, they're not headquartered, but they operate well, no. out here. I thought they were only operating on international. I didn't know they went down. They're probably going to close it down, but it's like $80 one way, and then they hit you with a bunch of fees. I think individually it ended up being about 250 to $300 a piece, oh. which is still not bad. Whatever ticket this is, Rachel for sure is sitting right next to the bathroom. There's no way. $100? In a middle seat. Yeah. And even adjusted for inflation, it says 173 from 94 to 20. Right. 20. But, yeah, that doesn't scale. And you, you see how many bags she was planning on bringing? She had a regular bag and she had skis. I mean... At least one is getting checked, probably both. So I don't see how you're getting on that plane for $100. No. I feel like they just pulled that number out of their butt. So shame on you. A, a rough start to a rough episode there. <laughs> but I guess, you know, that's basically it in the beginning. I mean, Terry points out how terrible of a waitress yeah. Rachel is, and she immediately proves him right when she asks if anybody needs coffee and everybody in the shop raises their hand. And just, did anybody notice this, like, does anybody else work in this coffee shop besides Rachel when she's there? Because that's a lot there of people for one person yeah. to tend to. There was a short time when the girl that eventually becomes Phoebe's masseuse partner does work at the coffee shop, but mm -hmm. we never get to see any of it. We rare. I'm not going to say never because I don't pay that much attention to the background it, I used to not pay as much attention to the background, so there may be a chance. The only other thing of note from the intro scene that kind of struck me is, I see this a lot, and well, not a lot. I've seen this in other TV shows, the whole advance on a paycheck thing. In real life, I have never known anyone or ever seen anyone successfully achieve an advance on a paycheck. Is that... I feel like that is a relic from the past and that nobody does that anymore. And that's why it seems such like a foreign idea to me. Because I, I'm, I don't even think there's a way for us right now to ask for an advance on a paycheck. I unless, think it was a, unless it was budgeted travel already. Right. That's the only way. Something and, that the money is going to be spent by the company. Yeah. They'll advance that. Not salary. Not salary though. So, moving on. So, they roll the credits, but then they stay in Central Perk in this episode. And Rachel is pleading. And everybody's there, everybody aren't they? Everybody else comes. Yeah. <laughs> Almost everybody go. else. I think Ross and Joey come in a little bit later. No, yeah. No, Monica and Joey. Monica comes in later. Joey definitely watch comes the in. episode. Monica <laughs> comes in, then Joey Ross comes is already in. There, yeah. But Rachel again is trying to shake people down for money. Mm -hmm. She's trying to act, now she's asking the customers, "Will you give me an advance in your tips?" God. 
Which is just batshit crazy. How desperate are you? Yeah. When was the last time that you saved for a specific thing? Like you had to grind and save for a specific thing. Um, Because for me, the last time that would have been like in high school when it was, or, or, or when it's like, I'm making a couple bucks and I don't know. I'm trying to save right now, but I wouldn't say grinding, but I'm trying to save because I'm going to Ireland in spring. Okay. So recent. Yeah. It's on my list. of. It's on my list too. And I've been saying it for years. Yeah. My birthday's in April. I'm going to finally do it. Yeah. We've. Me and my friend have been trying to do that for the past few so years. So you're you're actively like saving up. You have like a little pot. Dude, it's expensive to go to yeah. Ireland. Yeah, you okay. better be. Yeah, I've, I've not, been saving since last year. I feel like I haven't saved up for a spe- like I have savings that I try to build, but generally, if I want something, usually we're doing well enough to where it's like, go get it. And also, our taste isn't so expensive that we can't afford something. So. I can't well, remember last a, time. You're not a waitress in, in the village. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. So, yeah, I was just thinking, like, I haven't, I haven't like, grinded and tried to save up for something in so long. I forgot what that's like. I always had savings from a kid, so I never really... Well, that's good. You guys are both financially responsible. <laughs> blessings on blessings on blessings. I think this has shifted more. People don't say that that has kind of changed in our culture. People don't save as much. They'll end up taking out a loan or putting it on a credit card. The American paying, dream. Yeah. Then paying for it after the fact. Well, you know, I want to go to Europe, so I'm mm-hmm. just going to finance it and then I'll pay for it for the next year. Yes. That just seems dumb. It's rough. Yeah, it is. It's backwards, but that's I'm like, what I don't want to pay for anything that I can't like upfront pay for right now if I wanted to. Right. And the fact that Rachel doesn't have this money is about right yeah even if she was working a better job you know that she she's barely made it on her own or Mm -hmm. barely making it on her own at this point you know she doesn't know shit about money or how to save right no she always had daddy's credit cards yeah that's a little bit of a continuity issue to me the fact that she still even has her skis anymore because it seems like she abandoned all her possessions Mm -hmm. and i don't think skis are exactly cheap so uh, she probably went back to her parents' house and got them. Yeah, I would imagine she, like I highly doubt her parents would be like, "You can't have any of your stuff." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I think I would have told Doctor Green just to bring those to the airport, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, so she's pleading with people. We get Monica coming in, and Monica relays the news that their parents, Ross and her parents, are not going to make it for Thanksgiving either. Puerto Rico. Well, they're not. Know. Not they're not going to host it, right? They've always hosted Thanksgiving. No, they're not going to be Well, they're, they're not going to be Rico. in the country. They're going to Puerto Rico for the Thanksgiving. They're going with like some of their friends. So, so yeah, right. so they can't host uh, they can't host Thanksgiving like they usually do. So Jack's not as, as boring and predictable as we thought, right, in the last episode? <laughs> That's fair, yeah. What do you do in Puerto Rico for Thanksgiving? Not be cold? Not be cold. We're definitely not really celebrating Thanksgiving. Do you do you make a ten pound margarita instead of yes. a turkey? <laughs> oh my god! Can we do that for Thanksgiving yeah. next year? That actually sounds lovely. Just get a bucket and <laughs> see you, family. We're headed to Puerto Rico. There you go. So they've got plans, and this is setting up everybody to not be together on Thanksgiving. Uh, Joey comes in. He's he's wearing makeup. Chandler. 
kind of gives him shit about mm-hmm. it, and he's going to be in a new commercial or whatever. Health ad. Health ad, that's right. One of those healthy guys. Healthy, healthy, healthy guys. <laughs> yeah. But whatever, he doesn't... Whatever that is. He doesn't know at this point. This is a bad Joey episode again. He doesn't get many lines, and the lines he does yeah. get, he doesn't deliver super great. No, it's not. I mean, it's kind of funny, the storyline with him. No, it's... But, yeah, his acting is just... It hurt. It's still struggling. Yeah. Matt LeBlanc is, st- is still trying to find his own and Joey at this point. Um, who else? Who else we got? He's saying that he's gonna he's gonna he, celebrate with his family. He's gonna celebrate with his family. Monica asks if Chandler is still against all pilgrim holidays. Every which, single one. Yep, which he definitely is. And then they ask Phoebe, and she's like, "Oh yeah." We're gonna celebrate with my grandma's new boyfriend. But right. he's lunar, so it's gonna be in December. Yeah. So Phoebe's gonna be available for Thanksgiving, and Ross, which Monica has to convince, is in on it. Assuming he gets mashed potatoes with the lumps. Ross is a little bit of a baby in this scene. He comes out of the gate mean? whiny. What do you mean they're not gonna be here? Everybody in this like, episode is gonna hit an irritating point at some point in the episode. Ross goes first. Mm-hmm. As always. Yeah. yeah, and Phoebe speaks up and is like, oh, won't you invite Carol and Susan, or Carol? And he's like, no, because Susan will come, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He needs to move on from this, because he's going to be dealing yeah. with these two for 18 years longer, who knows. Yeah. But he he's still just hung up on it, which it hasn't been that long, I guess, but... I would say, even if he invited them, I feel like Susan would have shot it down, too. Yeah. They, they, so. they have they have an equal amount of... this disdain for each other yeah so. i don't think they start to really get along until like the wedding a little that's bit after they the wedding start to sort of like yeah. begin to get better that is the that's also branch moment the moment where i start liking susan more as a character this again is an episode where i can't stand susan mm-hmm. i don't think she's that bad on this episode she is I mean, bad she and just... i'll explain it she just comes off a, a little pretentious. Well, you can explain it because we're kind of going into that part of the episode. Yeah. Ross is leaving, and the next scene is is him going there. Mm-hmm. Susan answers the door, and Carol is not there, which is there's an interesting part. He's looking for a skull, and he mentions that she used it for uh, school, uh, for class. Yeah. So we find out that Carol's a teacher, right. which is something I never really paid attention to before. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it ever comes up again. I think it does. Yes. I would it? say... Ross, while he has his tendency to be kind of a jerk towards Susan, he doesn't open up with that in this scene. He's completely amicable. And he's like, where's the skull? And Susan says, what's it look like? And Ross says, well, it looks like a skin with no face. And Susan acts like she didn't just ask a stupid question. Yeah. What else is a skull going to look like? Do you, what are you looking for? Features of the skull? How, how wide been... the cheekbones are? There's one skull in this apartment, I guarantee you. Well, the other thing is, is it may not have been a human skull. He doesn't specify. It could have been an animal skull. Oh, either way, there's still only one skull in the apartment. I don't think you need a description. I, you don't know Susan's possessions. She might I have promise. just done a Hamlet play at I school. Mean, if, it, if we're picking teams on... carries around one at Halloween. <laughs> whether, whether Susan and Carol have multiple skulls in their apartment, I'm on the... They mm-hmm. had the one team. And the other thing that bothers me about Susan in this scene is I feel like... Her acting in the scene is subpar, in my opinion. It feels like she's yelling at Ross for no reason the whole scene, mm-hmm. and I don't think she delivers the lines that good. 
I thought Ross was kind of being a dick the entire scene, so I kind of understand. He was completely fine the whole scene. Okay, you just you don't comment about somebody having a lot of books about lesbianism. Like it's that's a not weird the whole scene. That's like five about. minutes of the scene. And she was being perfectly reasonable with asking what kind of skull. Like, what did it look like? A skull. I think both of them are kind of being a little out of line. I mean, she's she's being he's being really passive aggressive, and she's being a smart ass back, but. Basically, the only reason that he's there to interact with her is for her to tell him that she's reading this book to his unborn child, which mm-hmm. fires him up. He calls her crazy, but he doesn't want that to be happening without right. his involvement. This is where Ross, to me, starts becoming a pain because... It just bothers me how he's like, oh, that can't possibly be a thing. Like, he can't hear you in there. But are you talking about me? He's yeah, being, Bobo the sperm guy. Okay. Yeah. He's being jealous. He admits he, he doesn't believe it, but he doesn't want to be left out of it. So that's why he's getting all wrapped around the axle. So not a great Ross moment. Yeah, but it, a lot of those. it, it extends into to him talking to the gang about this. And, and Phoebe's like, oh, yeah, you can totally hear Here's someone talking to a baby. Just put your head in this turkey mm-hmm. and you'll be able to hear what we say. <laughs> I mean, she's got a point. If the baby's got ears by now, then yeah, it yeah. probably can hear you. It may not know, Which, but it can hear. Unfortunately, because Ross doesn't put his head in the turkey, that means only two out of the six friends have put their heads in turkeys. Yeah. But it's not an uncommon occurrence. Right. There's some foreshadowing here. <laughs> right? I love Chandler's response to that. I want to see that. I, I want really want to butter your head. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we got people all over the place in this episode. Uh, Rachel's still trying to make her money. Mm-hmm. And being the charity case that, that she is, they all... They all pitch in 20 bucks to give her the cash. Yeah. Maybe they just really wanted her to leave. I would at this point because Ross and Rachel in this episode, it, it makes me think, spoiler alert, they're made for each other. Mm-hmm. Because God damn, I can't stand either one of them in this episode. No. They drive me crazy. They're just so. Oh, I don't even so know what. Centered. Yeah, Ross is. Mm. Ross is entitled, and, and Rachel could be best word. described as one of those like choosing beggar types, where yeah. it's like you know what you wanted to be independent. Part of that is you don't get to go to Vale every year, and no. that's just how it is. And if you wanted to, you should have done a better job at waitressing. So well, she's still learning, and she was trying. They're she both was attempting to try at least. Yeah, I mean, at the last minute, she doesn't plan at all. Yeah, she definitely didn't plan, but which I think comes from still like learning to get on her own feet. They both just really come off as childish, which I get. Guess is the point, but ugh. You would think Ross. Would Ross is already. Yeah, he's already yeah. a whiny bitch. He has so many moments in this episode where it's just like, Jesus Christ, Ross, shut up. So everybody gives Rachel money, the charity case. And Chandler finally reveals why he hates Thanksgiving. Yes. Ah, uh, the divorce. The divorce. Which is his, his parents' <laughs> divorce when he was a teenager. <clears throat> well, no, he was well, a kid. adolescent. He was nine, right? Nine, yeah. yeah. That's when he started smoking. Don't worry, that wasn't one of the questions. <laughs> well, it wasn't in this episode. So that would be a weird question. He says his age in the episode. I don't remember yeah. him saying it. Yeah, he says nine. He says nine. 
Check yourself. Yeah, he, he says, all right, I'm nine years old. Ow. And Ross says, I hate this story. He's obviously told it a bunch. And Monica has that look like I've heard this mm-hmm. many times. And it comes up in later episodes in Thanksgiving. Yeah. So. And the flashbacks. He probably He's told this every to everybody but, everybody but Joey and Phoebe had probably heard this story multiple times. But he, um, we flash over to Joey. He he meets that girl in the subway. Ah, yes. <laughs> what I would describe as the loosest woman. Either, okay, so there's one of two scenarios. Either Joey literally has the most charisma in it and is just, can attract a woman with such gusto, I guess, better than anyone else. Or this is the loosest woman in the world because within... 30 seconds of talking to this woman, this woman's like, I'm not wearing any panties because I'm DTF, is what this is. Did she say she's not wearing any panties? No, no. She says she's not wearing anything, which means uh, one thing. He asked if she was wearing any perfume, Hmm. and she said, no, I'm not wearing anything. I'll read between the lines. But she did already. The way she says it is, she might as well have said, I'm down if you are. Within like a, a thirty second conversation about yeah we worked at Macy's together. She, so she had already known him prior though. Yeah. So um, may, yeah. was yeah, is this the same? Is this the same girl that that went on that date? No. 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 Okay. So it's just some random girl. I didn't think it was her. That would make more sense if it was the one that kind of went on that date with the cowboy. Nope. Yeah. That's like later on still. So I don't know whether to be horrified by how loose this woman is or incredibly jealous of Joey's incredible animal magnetism. Conveniently, there's a VD poster behind the, uh, the conversation. Yeah, that, mm. that's, that's rough for that poster to be all over the city for Which everyone to see. weird. Does she think his name is Mario? Yeah, like you obviously know that this is not... She's thick. My theory is she's she's thick as a brick well, and loose as a goose. Okay, you can quote me on that. Loose as a goose sounds like something it's my grandmother would say. His family thinks the same thing. Hmm. His family thinks the same thing. How weird Which is that? Is why you're so, not allowed to go to Thanksgiving? So would your parents kick you out of Thanksgiving for being on a VD poster? I don't know because a VD it's a sexually transmitted disease. What is Joey gonna do? Go home and just do all of his sisters? Yeah. It's not Game of Thrones out there. Like why are they not inviting him to freaking Thanksgiving? Yeah, that's maybe, maybe they didn't know what it was. That's the most ruthless. Got some kind of contagious disease. <gasps> Infectious. <laughs> most but, ruthless family ever. Like I think that's pretty bad on his family's part. Well, they are Catholic, though, so maybe they think he's been sleeping around. And not well, he, he's not wearing protection. That's what they want him to be doing, right? Oh, <laughs> God. That's against Catholic His dad's been child I know, but that's why he got BD. His dad gets around, too. He has no right to say anything. But we don't know that yet. We don't know that yet, but still. Joey's family's awful. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that was that's kind of ridiculous. It was a weird. It was just trying to get everybody. But we go back to Central Perk again. And, or no, no, no. So we go back to Monica's again, and she's getting all the fixings ready. Poor Monica. And Ross is being a whiny little bitch. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Still not like moms. <laughs> and then, what is it? She she complains. She's like, all right, you know what? Just get out of my way and stop moping. He's like, oh, that's... that's yeah, that's a little closer. <laughs> so we can only assume Ross does that same crap 
to maybe that's the reason they went to Puerto Rico because Ross is such a whiny pain in the ass. Yeah. I think it's also outlining his uh, relationship with his mom because that comes up a lot and it's a really weird. Mm. It is. And he's he's acting like he's seven. He's a mama's boy. Yeah, yeah. big time. And Monica's kind of just like, all right, we're moving on. I'm going to take care of everything. And Ross is still like, oh, mom, but loves. Yeah. yeah. So I think later on, after they have Emma, Rachel's like, oh, did his mom call twice? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you got to get it back again. And again at way, nine. Yeah. yeah. Way later on that they have a very odd relationship. This is true. But he was, he was a medical marvel, so... Is he? Not really. But Rachel comes in shooping. She got her tickets. Mm -hmm. We're setting everything up here. This is where we we get the build up to the the big turning point of the the show, which is underdog escapes the parade, Mm -hmm. the giant balloon. And everybody has to go see the balloon that has escaped, which is weird because it's no different than the balloon had it not escaped from the parade. It's still just a balloon floating in the air. It's just in a location it wasn't supposed to be. Right. Exactly. So in my mind, still just a balloon of underdog you could have seen anyway. This is a weak, weak reason for anyone to be leaving the apartment. They, they shot it down, so you would think, you know, just seeing how they handle the situation would be interesting. They might have gotten pretty high. I mean, those it things are big be. and flying That's over it. like Central Park. It might have been interesting. I would go out and see it. But they weren't interesting enough to watch the If program. I was in that room, I would have been like, y'all have fun. I'll keep the I'll keep an eye on the potatoes. Yeah. Well, the other weird thing with that was like the whole key situation, right? Yeah, they the have keys. a deadbolt. Oh. How the hell did they actually lock that door without actually this, physically locking that door? This could also be the one where or the only one where the door happens to be locked, and that's really the entire plot point of the episode. Because that's the only reason this takes a turn, is because the door that's never locked gets locked. Why? Why did they lock that? They can't. That's the thing. It's a deadbolt. You can't lock a deadbolt without the key. So, what are they really setting up here? You know, they could have just had a regular Thanksgiving episode. In my opinion... This is the worst Thanksgiving episode. For sure. This is probably one of the worst episodes of season one. I don't know. Grilled cheese is pretty good. It is a nice moment. They get all together. They're appreciating what it's, they do have. Blah, blah, blah. I, I think they were trying to tear them all down. It's early in, in the series, and I don't know if they plan to do more of this, but I think the whole stigma of the episode was to have an episode where all the friends are at each other's throats and they're all fighting, which I... I can't think of one, and it may just because I can't think of one right the second, but it's very rare that that kind of episode comes up where everybody's mad at everybody or frustrated. And I think early on they thought, yeah, this is a kind of a good like story beat. Like every once in a while we have an episode where everyone gets mad at each other. But it just, to me, it felt like it was forced and it, it didn't really work. So I'm they, glad they don't do it that often. They did it when Chandler started smoking again, and he started telling everybody what horrible traits they have that bother everybody. They kind of got each other's yeah. throat then, too. Well, it is realistic for a friend group like this that are friends for so long to occasionally have tiffs. Yeah. But Monica kind of lays into everybody, which I, oh, I, I think she's warranted yeah. this at this point because 
Everybody's being a little unreasonable, especially Ross and Rachel. Oh, you think she's warranted? Yeah. Yeah, I think this that when she goes off on everyone, I, mean, I probably would have done the same she's thing. She's trying her damnedest to make a Thanksgiving dinner for everybody that everybody enjoys. The potato with the lumps, the tater tots for Joey, now Phoebe's weird potatoes that she remembers from her mom, which I think is the only one that she probably should have been made because her mom's dead. <laughs> Ross is fine. Joey's fine. <laughs> Well, but yeah, if I was putting that much work and everybody was just complaining about everything that I was doing and how it was wrong, yeah, I would have gone off too. Oh my God. Monica dug her own grave. She could have said no to any one of those people at the when beginning. When has she ever said no to anything? That's exactly what I'm saying. It's her fault. And then she wants to get up on the pedestal and have a friggin' meltdown because of the burning potatoes. That's why I think it's like, yeah, I get that she's frustrated, but... The, the the level up to which she's frustrated to me is way too high. Like, mm-hmm. bring it down a couple notches, Monica. We get it. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think she completely has every right. She's the only one who's trying to make Thanksgiving nice, and everybody else is acting like a little bitch. Yeah. They are. I'll, I'll agree, agree with, with that. On this one. I'll agree with that. She was, she was the only one that wasn't acting like a bitch until then. Mm-hmm. Until that moment when everything that she was doing burnt. Right. So... Uh, we do we do flash back to Ross singing to his kid, his unborn fetus. Yeah. For a little while. <laughs> Which he doesn't really want to do until Susan comes in again, so it's like everything is There's not much to that scene, I mean Besides getting the kid to kick and then yeah. when Susan yeah. wants to feel he's kind of a dick and pushes her off. Yeah. He does say on a dare he picked the paleontology major. Oh yeah, you know what? I think that's why he's so He's such a terrible paleontologist. <laughs> he, he never had a knack for it or a desire for it. Well, he freaking got into the career on a dare. I think this is kind of a plot hole, though, because later on and how they flash back and talk about it, Ross was passionate about dinosaurs his entire childhood. Yeah. Oh, that's so. Fair. I think it's more of a plot hole, but it, it was just weird that they put that in there. I guess they were just trying to establish more of the fact that he's a paleontologist. Maybe. Which they play up so much in this show. Mm-hmm. It's a little unnecessary, but it works. Well, they play they play up everybody's really. I mean, Joey's Except acting. For Except for Chandler. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. It could have been though, like for Ross. I mean, even being obsessed with dinosaurs, how many people actually go into paleontology? So maybe that was the only thing you could think of on this dare, and he still has a passion for it. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely passionate about it, and he's just not good at it. <laughs> Poor Ross. I wish there was some more paleontology to break down in this episode, but there's not. No. But Joey, Joey tells everybody not to panic about the apartment situation because he has the keys. But what <laughs> Monica doesn't know is he's got more keys than a janitor in a drawer. Yeah, it's weird. I'm really curious as to where all those keys came from. Yeah. Because he has a lot of keys on his key ring. Women so left like, them, maybe? There's no good explanation. It's just what they wrote in there to make it silly. It was a terrible idea. They were just leading up to Monica's breakdown so that she could have one. I mean, screw this episode, really. It's it's not a well-written episode, man. You guys did not do good on this one, right? I love Friends, and I still... There's moments I laugh. Like, and I forgot to bring it up earlier. My... Probably one of my favorite moments in the episode is when Ross snaps the little plant's head before it leaves after Susan says, oh, the sperm guy. He's still being a jerk, but it's just the timing of the reaction and then him immediately leaving, it makes me giggle every time. Because like, yeah, we just call you the sperm guy. And he goes, yeah, 
snaps the thing and walks out. I was like, yeah, I, I see why you did that, Ross. You're a little upset there. It is funny. But yeah, other than that, this episode has plenty of its of problems. We do get a response from Ugly Naked Guy again. True. He has Which, a ugly naked friend. Again, I feel like is is used and will be continued to use as a method to resolve some sort of conflict that's ongoing in the friends' lives. Bring like, everybody together once again. Until he moves. They they learn deep, meaningful lessons from the ugly naked guy across the street or alley or whatever. Yeah. That kind of brings everybody in again. And I guess, you know, the main point of this episode is to establish that they're going to be doing Thanksgiving together. They, this is mm-hmm. their first everybody together as a family, as, a, as Friendsgiving is what it's become now, which I think is kind of because of this episode or because of this show mm-hmm. that, you know, people call it Friendsgiving. Yeah. It's similar to that. But, yeah, it's kind of a nice moment that their plans fell through, but they're all there together and they all have each other, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about how when Ross comes back to the burning apartment and how much of a dick he was to Monica. Oh, yeah. It's super whiny. Just come back. Doesn't smell like moms. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as annoying as he is, I will say if their intention... I mean, I'm assuming their intention was to make him annoying and I will give the writers credit. They did a great job making Ross annoying as hell in this episode. They did a good job making some of the other people kind of jerks, but mm-hmm. they really nailed Ross in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I like, I do like the closing lines. I do like Chandler has a grilled cheeses. He cuts them, mm-hmm. serves them to everybody. Uh, Rachel, or not Rachel, Phoebe and Joey kind of have that nice moment where they break apart the grilled cheese. Monica and, Ro- or Monica and Joey. Uh, Monica and Joey. Monica, Monica and Joey, yeah. yeah. Okay. And Phoebe's like, you gotta, you gotta pull it apart. That's true, yeah. Make a wish. What did but you wish for? The bigger half. But that's a, that's a nice moment there. And the last lines of, here's to a lousy Christmas and a crappy New Year. Crappy New Year. Those two, yeah. that's, that's great writing. And they kind of foreshadow it because what happened at Christmas? We'll find out. I don't remember. I don't remember. Isn't this the one where the heat, the heat gets turned on, they can't turn it oh, off, I think right? it is. Yeah. And then, and then the, and the New Island. Year is when they have all those terrible dates that they bring to that's it, true. including Janet. So I think, no crap, like... Yeah, they have a lousy Christmas <laughs> yeah. and a crappy New Year. Heads or tails, Leah? Tails. Hey Siri, flip a coin. It's tails this time. You got it again. You're going first. <laughs> Let's play Bamboozle! <laughs> Alright, since you're going first, I'm going to give you what I think... It's terrifying. Is the easiest question of the lot. And that is who invites Jack and Judy Geller to Puerto Rico? I don't remember their name. Alright, Brayden, we're gonna give you a chance to steal. <laughs> is it the Liebmans? No. <laughs> the answer is. And I may be, I'm going to give myself credit, I'm as close as I can because she says it really fast. Lyman's? 
It's the blimey. Damn it. <laughs> I was all over it. You were really close. I feel like I can't give you credit for that. It's okay, I understand. Famous the beat. Yeah. I have a feeling there's not a chance of getting another one correct. I'm gonna say if that's the first question, then that's the easiest, yeah. Alrighty. Shall we go back to Leah? Leah? Yeah, back to Leah. Alright, Leah. Where is Underdog seen flying after breaking free just before Macy's? I'm gonna say Central Park. That is wrong. Wait, <laughs> this is your opportunity this is to see. so bad. Times Square? No, it was Washington Square Park. Oh, Damn it, I knew course. it was a park. <laughs> wow, guys. Yeah, zero zero right. still. <laughs> Killing it. All right, Braden, we're going to start with you this time. How many times is the phrase, got the keys, said in this episode? So Monica leaves, got the keys, comes back, she said, no, do you got the keys, Rachel? Monica said, no, got the keys, four. Four is correct! Yes! Alrighty, Leah. In the end scene, when they're eating grilled cheese, there is a glass bowl in the center of the dinner table. What is in the glass bowl? Macaroni and cheese. It was Chandler's Funnies. Oh, totally would have gotten it right. Nobody cares. All right. Do we want to give this question to Brayden? Or... Yes. Okay. Hey, you're messed like up the words. So. I feel like you're being partial right. to your wife, Stephen. Well, you know, he likes to make me look bad. All right. In the after the credits scene, when Joey is ripping off pieces of the poster, the poster ends in winner of three Tony Awards. But before that, it says three different things. Name two of the three different things. Stop beating women. I can't believe you got that. Um, hemorrhoids? Question mark. I'm gonna give it to you, but if you want to try for the third one. Bladder problems. Wow, I can't believe you got all three of those. Now, yes. to be specific, it was bladder control problem question mark, stop life beating, and hemorrhoids question mark. Leah, you've been bamboozled. That concludes today's episode of Friends Like Us. Next episode, we will be discussing The One with the Monkey, Season 1, Episode 10. So go out and watch the episode and join us back here. If you would like to keep up with us, please follow us on Twitter at FriendsLikeUsP1, Instagram, FriendsLUPodcast, Facebook, FriendsLikeUsPodcast. I'm Leah, and on behalf of Brayden and Steven, this has been the Friends Like Us Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. I'm gonna have a crappy new year. Yeah. <laughs> it's already been a crappy new year. Good job, guys. Excellent work. <laughs> <laughs>